I just want to be different in this situation and I just want to go bold. So I'm just going to go Norwich, 1-0 win. Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Nathan. And I'm Paddy and you're listening to That's Football. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to season two. Unbelievable. Uh, this game week has been insane. Have it, boys. Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, I'm loving getting back into watching um, regular Premier League football, especially this week where there wasn't actually there wasn't a single draw the whole week. So, um, yeah, attacking, flying football. We're trying. We're starting to see the new rules come in where um, they're being a bit more lenient on um, on fouls, which is great. Getting the physical physicality back into the game. Yeah. What What are your thoughts, Paddy, on the game week? Oh, it's just so great to be uh, back with consistent um, consistent games that all consist of such a high level uh, in the Euros and in the, some of the other competition that's been. There's been uh, some teams that haven't quite performed up to the standard, but in the Premier League, there's always this intensity, no matter what side's playing, there's always a chance. And we saw that this week with some of the upsets. Now, we have got a new segment to the podcast and I'm not exactly what we're going to call it yet. You can get on the Instagram, DM us a, a name for it. But essentially, uh, I'm going to be sort of summarising uh, the week uh, that was football, uh, mostly just to the Premier League. Uh, and I'm going to be doing that with a bit of, bit of rhyme. So here we go. Yeah, I, I might <laughs> laugh somewhere in between this. It could go bad. We'll have to see. We haven't heard it yet, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, no, this could... <laughs> This could go bad. All right. (laughs) It was game week one, started off with a bang. A newly promoted Brentford bunch left the Gunners to hang. 2-0 to the Bees, Arsenal in doubt. There's only one answer, Arteta out. And now we move north. Leeds take on the Reds. Goal after goal, Fernandez's and Fred's. 5-1 to United, Pogba, four assists. Thankfully, in my fantasy, Greenwood exists. Further north to Burnley, who got an early lead. Brighton's impact subs, causing Sean Dyche to seed. Then there's Chelsea and Palace. For some, a day to forget. Tuchel and his boys walked all over Vieira's baguette. (laughs) Southampton looked promising, but without Ings, they are done. One man walked all over them, his name, Richarlison. On to Leicester and Wolves, Adama let down the club. Barty scored and cried wolf, leaving King Power with a dub. After a busy transfer window, Villa couldn't prevail. The cycling GK and his boys sent Aston Villa like mail. Norwich saw a similar result. Down 3-0 to Liverpool in red. What's the difference between Norwich and a sausage? Nothing, they're both in bread. God. To wrap up the week, we saw West Ham take on Newcastle. The Hammers too good, Antonio a hassle. Then the game of the week was the cherry on top. Last year's champions saw a sign that said stop. Jaffa Tanganga had the game on hold and Hyun Min Song taught the plastic fans about gold. Boys, that's the poem of the week. Oh, wow. Amazing. So, yeah, it was a a great week of football. A lot of goals to be scored. Um, and a lot to talk about. So, Ethan, what's what was your highlight of the week? Uh, I mean, a bit non-biased Man United fan here, but it had to be the 5-1 win against Leeds. It was just incredible. Like, 
I remember when we when I put it on, right, like I was watching it, I think it was at like 11 o'clock or something, Australian time, and like I'll check and see a goal and I'll run and tell everyone about it and then I'll come back and then we've scored another one and then I'll come back, we've scored another one. It was, it was just insane. Yeah, no, that was an incredible game. Uh, watching it myself live as well. Um, the first half was relatively tame. Um, it was still exciting to watch, but Pog, I think Pogba missed a big chance, but he redeemed himself in the second half. Four assists. Oh, what a player he is. And he when he turns up, he's one of the best in the world. But it's just the, the struggle with me and Pogba is how little he does turn up. It's going to be a matter of consistency this year, especially for that United side who are going to have some injury uh problems to the start of the year and certainly will have them throughout it's going to be if those big game players can sort of step up um and and balance both both the champions uh league and also the premier league um and try and make sure they can do get all the points uh they need to to move to move through for me the the highlight of the week um was just sort of the overall uh, feel of the game week. Just what Ben was mentioning before in terms of the pace of the game, the way that um, referees are letting uh, a fair bit, a fair few of the the fouls um, that would have been called last year, uh, let them go. And it's been good to see a lot of play on, um, which has led to counter-attacking exciting football. And that's reflected um, in all the goals and and the pure domination some sides had this week. Yeah, I fully agree, Paddy. Um, if you is a key example of this, if you watch um, the Burnley Brighton game, Tarkowski's first goal, and within um, within the opening, I think five minutes, he literally shoves down Warpai. But um, last year, that would not that the goal would have been disallowed, etc. But this year, it's let it's allowed, and now just it forces the players to be a bit more physical, and it's like how it used to be, um, which is it was really good. I mean. I think we all want to watch um, watch a more free-flowing game rather than a game that stops and starts and encourages players to um, milk fouls. So, yeah. Um, but for me, highlight of the, um, highlight of the game week uh, would definitely probably be, um, I think, not just Brentford beating Arsenal. I think it's the whole, the whole atmosphere of the crowd. And then the first time Brentford's ever been in the Premier League for like the, in like about 70 years. And seeing um, them singing "Hey Jude" before the start of the game, I think that was my point. My favorite part of the, the game week. They were incredible. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you, Ben. Um, a similar situation about you know the referees letting a couple of fouls go. I think it was um, it was Watford versus Aston Villa, and I think there was a foul somewhere in the middle of the ground. But again, like the um, ref kept playing, it ended up being a goal for Watford, and it just showed how like. You know, just with a bit of more like run of the play, making things flow a bit better, it just makes a game just like a lot better. And also, I'd say, like, an, sorry, another high, uh, highlight of the week was, I think, arguably like the fans. The fans were insane. Like, especially at Man U and Chelsea and games like that, the atmosphere just from listening, it was insane. I think it actually helped with a lot of the players' confidence on the ball. And even then, like, if you're an opponent, it just makes it so much harder because you feel like you've got all that pressure with the fans chanting and all that kind of stuff. It was crazy. Yeah, especially brought out more of the players, um, encouraged them to be more far more attacking. We saw the, the Chalibur goal. And if you listen to the listen to the clip again, you hear all the Chelsea fans going, shoot! And so he actually does it. And then, it, well, of course, it leads to his um, first, first ever goal for the club, or at least the first ever goal in the Premier League for the club on his debut. 
um he just broke down in tears it was amazing to watch it was a good goal as well it wasn't it was it was no joke it was a brilliant goal now a topic i've sort of wanted to have a talk about especially with you guys is the uh is the watford aston villa game everyone was so excited um about that that villa team they've had money to spend obviously Grealish out um was big and we know now that it's a lot more significant uh than what we thought of it but yeah these new players just couldn't quite um take over what should be a weak uh Watford side but they really impressed me uh what did you guys have to say about that 3-2 result yeah um for me it was I think I, I kind of said this in the last podcast at least I think I did um how the loss of Grealish was more than just that losing their best players, losing their their captain, and how the team was all formed around getting the most out of Grealish. So when he's gone, uh, the team's not used to playing. Um, I guess I guess you'd say Ings is their new star player now, or Watkins and Abuendia. The team's not quite used to um, used to facilitating for these players instead of Grealish. So personally, I think it's a matter of time. Um, Dean Smith is a great manager. I wouldn't be too concerned if I was a Villa fan. You still scored two goals. Um, I know one came late in the 97th minute from a penalty, but still, um, I wouldn't worry too much. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Ben. Yeah, I think there has just been like a little hole created from Grealish leaving, and I think that's just something that will eventually get sorted out throughout the season. But again, we just have to give props to Watford in that game. Like their pressure in their forward half and and those the way they played through the wings was just it seemed unbearable for Villa at sometimes and they were just able to get through and score really well especially for a team that's come up from the championship yeah we've talked about uh, both what we've talked about Watford um beating Aston Villa we've talked about Brentford beating Arsenal there's one more result that I know we need to talk about and it came in at the end of the poem it was, it was quite frankly the most amazing game of the week despite the 1-0 result Tottenham and Manchester City. Ben, this one's got to go straight to you. Yeah, watching it live, um, was it one thirty in the morning on a Monday morning? Um, it was um, oh, it was amazing. Uh, at first, the first fifteen minutes, it looked like it was just going to be a normal day at the office. Spurs lackluster defence. Man City just plough them. However, we um, really took hold of the game um, after that, and uh, we start. They were. The way Nuno played wasn't, it's just quite different to what lots of teams do with counterattacks. They didn't really counterattack down the wing. They counterattacked right down the middle. They draw, they drew, they, um, Gundogan and Grealish, who were playing that number eight role, and um, also Fabinho got drawn in into the attack because they were, because Spurs were not quite sitting back, but they were allowing um, Man City to come at them, which allowed, um, which forced, the, the Man City midfielders to go upfield. So then they left a huge hole between Ake and um between Ake and Diaz and the midfielders, which Lucas Moore exploited. And it was incredible. They just ran straight down the middle of Man City. And to be honest, I think we could have had more than one goal. You saw that Son was hesitant hesitant at the start of the game to take shots. And um there's a few I think Lucas Moore was clear of the line and then and there was a shot that went just narrowly wide from Son. So I think 1-0 is arguably um, under, un- under-appreciating the, how good Spurs were that game. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Ben. Um, I think with those midfielders pushing up from Man City, I think Fernandinho is used to that kind of sit-back role. He can view everything, but like 
what Tottenham did in that game was they pressured him and they got behind him through, you know, Bergwijn and, and Mora. And I think they just worked it beautifully. He was under pressure and it, it came down to those defense and eventually they cracked through Sun. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were really missing John Stones as well. Um, as Ake, Ake's trying to, um, trying to reason with his 50 million valuation at this moment in time. I think it's 50 million or 40 million. Hasn't really kicked off at um, City. Um, and you can clearly see the, mis, um, the miscommunication between Diaz and Ake. Uh, you saw Ake was hesitant to um, push Son um, or, yeah, pressure Son when he scored, um, which, yeah, which ultimately obviously led to the goal. And, yeah, I just think if Stones was back in fully fit, it, would, it might have been a different story, or at least Diaz and Stones might have been able to deal with it a bit better and be able to communicate to the team because they're just far more experienced together, I guess. All right, I've got a question for Ben. And um, with the Instagram um, that we've got going, there's been a lot more posts. Uh, thanks to Ben, he's been working on the, on the media side. Um, and we've got a few Q&A questions coming in uh, from some of the, the followers over there. But I've got one um, specifically that I would have asked. So... Are Tottenham genuine contesters based off this first result? Not at all. Uh, <laughs> contesters <laughs> for what? Top four? Just genuine contesters for... Um, oh, are we a team shot... to be worried about? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we're a team not to be underestimated. I think we do get underestimated, so I feel like we're a team that you can't underestimate. Uh because we do have a, um, a new manager and you normally have that sort of start of the season, um, start of the season spark, or not start of the season, like just new manager spark. And also the fact that Kane's leaving uh, allows Son to shine a bit more and it completely changed the way we play now. Um, rather than having Kane drop back and loot balls over Son, we've got Lucas Moore. And this is brilliant for the likes of the players that are coming in for Spurs. I think Brian Hill. He wouldn't get as, anywhere near as much as the ball um, as Son and Lucas Moura did if Kane was in that team because he doesn't he, he wouldn't run in behind as much. I don't think he's as quick as Son. So, yeah, I think I, w I wouldn't go that far to say it's like it's the first game. I wouldn't go that far to say that we're contesters for top four yet, but I still think every game we play will be quite a difficult side to, um, to break down, I guess. All right, I've got another one. So this one's from Tom, Tom Diamond. Um, so I can, I'm sort of going to break this one down, but he's asked, why is Bruno so good? So <laughs> Athens a Manchester United supporter, and he could give you the stats or whatever. But what, what do we think of the attributes that make Bruno just stand out from the rest of the attacking mids um, in the Premier League? Um, look, I mean, I don't know if it's if his ability to just like get forward and create options for everyone and just kind of like somehow create space. But I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. I, I can't really explain it. He's just, he's good. His, um, his final product is what's so good, I reckon. Um, his, his ability to pick out a pass, his positioning, his general um, football knowledge is second to none. Um, second to Kevin De Bruyne, I reckon. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can clearly see he... It gets a lot of stick for not scoring many out of, um, not many in play goals. Um, but that he's just proven all the haters or the doubters wrong. 
Um, with that, obviously, there's still doubt of saying he can't do it in a big game. But I still think Leeds is a, such a huge game for Man United. It's the rivalry. You know what they say about derbies and rivalries, that form goes out the window. Um, and how good each team kind of goes out the window is how you perform on the day rather than the general quality of the squad. But it clearly it clearly showed um, Pogba and Bruno. His, Bruno's positioning, his eye for a pass, and his finished product is just superb. Um I don't know how many shots he took, but it only seemed like he took three and scored three of them. So that's, that, that, that probably answers Tom Diamond's question. Yeah, he seems to have a sixth sense that no defender can sort of latch on to. And often he gets himself into spaces which you wouldn't uh, expect an attacking midfielder to be, but he, he manages to make them work. And that's what got him uh, the hat-trick uh, this weekend. So one that Anthony's asked is a bit... Um, Bit of a dumb question, sort of reflects him, to be honest. But <laughs> he's asked, Virgil van Dijk or Varane? Now, we're going to extend this, um, obviously, but everyone agrees that it's uh, Virgil? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I'm actually going to extend that to, would you prefer Man United's current defence or would you prefer Liverpool's defence as, as your back line? Um... We haven't really seen Man United's defence yet. Um, obviously, we haven't really seen Brown yet, but I do think on paper, oh, well, because we see we've seen the 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 peak of this Liverpool defence, um, and we haven't seen the peak of this Man United defence. But in theory, on paper, this Man United defence could be as good as that Liverpool defence was. Um, but for me, the definitive factor is just Van Dijk. I think. Um, Luke Shaw was the best left back in the world last year, but I think Robertson was the best left back in the world the year before. I think Trent Alexander Trent, Trent Alexander Arnold is the best right back in the league. Um, so that kind of cancels out uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, and um, and I think Canate we still yet to see either. So, and I think Maguire is great. I think Maguire um, is better than Canate. So I mean, and I'll, actually no, if you're including the goalkeeper, it's Liverpool by quite a bit. Because yeah. De Gea is completely like he's he's coming to the end of his career. He's had a great career, man. You know, to be one of the best keepers in the world at some points and some point at some point in his time there. But um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Ethan? Um, I think like if you're looking at centre backs only, which includes the two centre backs from each team, I would say that maybe Manchester just edges it out. Like if you include Varane and if they have time to actually mould and become a proper fullback like line but but in terms of the fullbacks I think Liverpool does just edge it out if Robertson and Trent are just all healthy compared to Luke Shaw and Basaka I just don't think it's really comparable okay so I think we can even extend this a bit I'll just go this to Ethan um, because he is Manchester United if you could free transfer and swap these players what would your back four be as well as your goalkeeper if you could have players from Liverpool and Manchester United that's tough. That is tough. Um, if we're talking about like right now at this point, um, I think I would keep Shaw in that left side. Um, I will not keep Shaw, but okay. If I'm like designing a back line, I'd put Shaw left and I'd put Virgil in there. And I think it's just whether I'd put Varane or, or Maguire in there. I think I probably would just go Varane. I reckon just the accolades he's you know, accomplished and just, you know, it's Varane, you know what I mean? Like, I think he would just be better in that position. And then on that right side, look, if I want to go a bit more defensive, then I'd go Wambasaka. But I think Trent is just clear. So, yeah. 
All right, that's fair. Uh, personally, I'd go Maguire over Varane, and I'm pretty sure Ben would too. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'd go, yeah, because I think Varane in the, far, the past year and a half hasn't been um, on pace, I guess you could say. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think Maguire has been a better defender in the past year and a bit. But Varane, as you said, Ethan, his accolades, his experience, his, um, well, yeah, what he's achieved, is, it's, he's one of the best. He's up there with Sergio Ramos with his career. One of the last questions, uh, not really a question, uh, but Nick, Nick Malloy, um, has asked about the the team, which is Paris Saint-Germain. Now, they're, they've got all these transfers in. Um, for those at home, it's Hakimi um, in. He was bought, I think, for around 80 mil. Uh, then they, they got Leo Messi, Sergio Ramos, Donnarumma, and Wijnaldum all on a free transfer. So they... Uh, their their contracts expired and then uh PSG made an offer um with the high high wages uh the wages they're getting paid are obscene um but yeah they don't have to pay any sort of transfer fee from the club I think well it's interesting Mbappe is looking to leave um but uh they're, they're going to definitely be challenges for um definitely be challenges for the Champions League if they don't leave, win League One Pochettino's job is in um, is in deep danger. I, you can't imagine not beating um, Mille and Marseille in that sort of title race and Lyon. So yeah, I think there'll be heavy challenges for um, he- heavy challenges for the cha- um, the Champions League, especially with Pochettino being in the final before. Unlike um, Tuchel, um, who lost the lost the final with PSG and went went on and won it with Chelsea. So yeah, I think. Yeah, they're going to be a huge, a huge team next year. Um, looking forward to watch them. Yeah, if you, they have the on paper best team in the world at the moment. Um, but yeah, PSG have had their troubles. Um, with the Champions League just not being able to sort of do it when they need to in some of those later stages. Um, I think now we're going to have a look at uh, the week that was fantasy football. Um, a very high scoring week uh, in terms of goals for teams. So fantasy. Uh, led to a lot of um, points being given out. Uh, in terms of our current league, uh, which is That's Football Fantasy, uh, the code's everywhere. Uh, you'll be able to find it. Um, ben, our co-host, is on top uh, with 108 points. Ben had a great week. Ben, run us through some of the players that sort of boosted your score. Yeah, um, so for me, I um, the likes of my differential was kind of sotten. Uh, with only 22% owned for a player that good, it, he kind of is a differential. Um, and the reason why I selected him and was because he always scores against City. But also, if you look at his fixtures coming up, he's got Wolves, Watford, and Crystal Palace. So he's um he's going to be locked in there for, uh, so, for some weeks to come. Um, as you said before, Greenwood, in that poem that you wrote, Greenwood's in there, another differential, only 8% owned. Um, and he's looking like he can lock down that... Um, lock down that striker position for Man United until Cavani starts to get rotated in the squad. Even He might even take it from Cavani if he plays like that. I think um, Graham Selness was talking about him. Um, the pundit at Sky Sports was saying how incredible he was. Um, and also, I think everyone knows of this guy, um, Simicas. I, I talked about him on the podcast last episode, how he's only 4 million and Robertson's injured at the moment. So bring him in. 
and he's um, going to get you some clean sheets, especially with, was it Burnley? And he just had Norwich passed. So, yeah. But you can see, if you look at the league, first, we've got myself. Second, we've got Paddy. And fourth, we've got Ethan. So we clearly know what we're talking about. <laughs> Unlike Cameron, whose two teams um, both finish, uh, wrap up the bottom of the table. Um, so, yeah, it's great to see uh, so many in that league. Um, it's going to be a few exciting weeks to come. It's pretty tight knit at the at the top of the league. All it takes is a few differentials to sort of go and, and get themselves a, a few goals or clean sheets and the, the table could really be flipped on its head. Ethan, your team didn't perform quite as well as ours, but it still did really well. What are some of the regrets um, that you have um, from your initial selection? Yeah, look, wasn't the best day at the office. You know, I went kind of a little bit bold and went for Martinez and goal because I saw they were matched up against Watford. I was like, you know what, Watford's pretty new. They might not be that experienced and Martinez might be able to get some really good saves, maybe a clean sheet as well, but that just wasn't the case. So a bit unlucky in that situation. Uh, Rafina, I mean, that's just a loss, you know what I mean? So I've, I've quickly taken him out of my squad. but And then Jimenez as well, you know, at first I thought it was a good idea, but, you know, seeing he came back from injury, still got that, like, thing strapped to his head, whatever it is. He just didn't perform to what he could have. And I think Rashaw was a bit of a disappointment as well, only getting one point with that yellow card late in the game. I think I've got a good squad, but I think it just didn't perform to what it could have. This week, and I think in the later weeks, it might do a bit better. But, you know, yeah, it's all right. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so boys, what players are you guys thinking of bringing in for the ne- next game week, or if any at all? Sorry, you, Paddy. Yeah, for me, um, it's a matter of saving the transfer. Uh, I want to get Son in for, uh, instead of Mara's, but Mara's fixture this week is just too good to do it now. So I'll probably do a double transfer with him and Son, um, and then probably... Um, some other player. I've got to work that out. Um, I've got Ings up top who managed to get a goal, um, but I didn't think he was quite um, on it at Astonville. I'm hoping he sorts um, that out just in terms of general game, um, not necessarily the FPL. Um, but, yeah, I'm just not going to transfer this week. Ben, what do yeah, you think? I'm kind of holding. Um, and it's all a plan to eventually to get some Chelsea assets in my team. I think Chelsea are going to be a threat. We saw that at the Crystal Palace game. So, um, and Lukaku looks like a great option at 11.5 million. So I'm just, I'm holding for a bit um, and I need to rotate out some of my squad out because for the likes of Simakas is going to be needed to be um, moved on as Robertson comes back and he'll just be sitting on my bench, taking up a Liverpool spot, which I don't want. So, um, I'm holding my transfer this week and having a look if I can um, bring some Chelsea assets as their fixtures get easier at the start of October. How about you, Ethan? Who did you bring in for Rafinha? Um, look, I brought in Ben Rama. I think because um, Lingard is is back at Man United, I think uh, West Ham will need that midfielder that can you know move a bit forward and score some goals. I think Ben Rama will be able to do that. But I have gone a bit early with my transfer and I, I haven't really held so maybe that could be a mistake. Maybe that might be an advantage. We'll just see. Yeah. Did you beat the price the price rise? How much did you pay for Ben Rama? Oh no, it was a, it was the same like okay. amount. Because I think I think he's getting a price rise soon because so many people are bringing him in, which yeah. it just proves how, how good of an asset he is. But if you beat the price rise, you're you're in, yeah, you're good, and you should have 0.5 in the bank left because Rafinha's left. So yeah, yeah 
as you said, Ben Rama looks brilliant. Um, turned defenders inside out. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be a fantastic option going forward for West Ham if he can stay consistent, as um, David Moyes said. Um, he said, he's, David Moyes actually came out and said that Ben Rama is definitely a, per, um, a player he's looking um, at to become their first team player, like a consistent starter for them, if he can stay consistent. So, and I think he will. I think it's he, um, his, the light was taken off him last season as Lingard just started shining. Um, but now Lingard's gone. He's really got a chance to um, solidify that spot. So now we're going to move into the predictions for match week two. Um, a few in here that could be uh, difficult to pick. A um, couple uh, that stand out as games that could really get you points on fantasy. Uh, so let's just go to the start. Liverpool and Burnley uh, play on Saturday our time. Boys, what do we think about that result? I think um, I mean, it was the last time that... Is it, is it Liverpool at home? Liverpool at home, yeah. Remember the last time um, they played each other at Anfield? Burnley broke the, was it, 60-plus game streak without a loss at home. Um, so there's some history, well, very modern history about this this fixture. Um, I do think Burnley are quite a tough team to break down, and especially after the disappointing um, game last week, or, yeah, last week. I think they um, they might be able to hold up a bit against Liverpool, but ultimately, I think they'll meet their fate, and it'll be a 2-0 win to um, Liverpool, and they'll find themselves at the, struggling at the bottom of the par at the start of the season, Burnley. Yeah, um, you're, I do remember that one, the 1-0 win to Burnley, but I think... We we are back at Anfield, but I think with the crowd for Liverpool, and considering the last game they played was a three 0 win to Liverpool, I think it, it like similar. I think it will be a two 0 win, maybe. Yeah, for me, it's so hard to just pick a result that's going to be a bit interesting on this one. I just don't see Burnley um, with enough um, over the the whole span of the game. They looked good in portions against Brighton, but I just don't see it happening. I'll say Liverpool three, Burnley. Scrape a goal, Chris Wood. All right. As we move on, there's a, there's another four games at uh, the same time. So Sunday at, at twelve for us, which is actually on the on the Saturday night, whatever you want to call it. Um. So there's Aston Villa and Newcastle. Okay, for me, I think this will be um, it'll be Aston Villa's time to shine. I think it will be a two-one win for Aston Villa. I do think Newcastle are quite attacking and. St. Maximum was brilliant for Newcastle um, last weekend. So I think um, I think St. Maximum will cause trouble for the Villa defenders. But ultimately, Aston Villa's firepower will be too great for New, um, Newcastle and will end up with a 2-1 result to Aston Villa. Yeah, look, to me it could be a bit similar. But um, I think due to the fact that Aston Villa's defence was a little bit on the ropes in last week's game, um, I think St. Maximin will be able to create a big dent and maybe even get a goal out of it. But again, I think Aston Villa are just a bit too good. I think they'll probably get away with a uh, maybe a 2-1 win, I'd say. I don't think that Aston Villa's team is going to gel um, sh- straight after a loss against one of the weakest uh, teams um, of the competition this year. I'm... 
I, I liked what I saw with Newcastle. Obviously, what they went down big in the end. Um, but they had some really good passages of play and they looked um, good going forward. St. Max dropping back all the way, sometimes to a DM position to, to kick off the attack. And I think he's going to have a big impact on this game. And I'm going to say a, a one all draw um, at Aston Villa. Next, we go on to uh, Crystal Palace and Brentford. Now, Brentford had an amazing start to the season, and I can see them going again um, at Crystal Palace's um, Sellers Park, and I can see them um, getting a result. I'm going to say Brentford 3, Crystal Palace 1. I'm kind of a bit different from that. I think Brentford, um, without their fans, which played such a huge role in that um, the previous game against Arsenal, won't be there. I think it'll just be the away end. And I think Vieira's um, Crystal Palace need to get a result. Um, and Vieira needs the result. And normally at the start of, a, uh, as I said before, normally at the start of a managerial um, a managerial reign, there tends to be um, a bit of a, a boost period where they get results that they wouldn't normally get. So I think um, Crystal Palace won't win this game, but I think they'll give uh, Brentford a good go. And I think it'll be... Um, a 2-2 draw, the first draw of the season. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about a draw. But um, look, I think both teams struggled in some aspects, but also kind of, I mean, I guess not really for Crystal Palace because they did get kind of like decimated by Chelsea and they didn't have a single shot until like the 60th minute. So it just kind of showed that their attack wasn't really clicking. But I think Brentford will definitely give them a good run for their money. And I think, in my opinion, I think it will go to a, a one all draw. Leeds and Everton. Two teams that could be very close um, in this in this matchup. Now, Leeds played not too bad against United. I think they still have a lot to show us, um, but they haven't obviously made a lot of transfers, so there shouldn't really be anything different. So that's why I'm going to say Everton are actually going to snag a result here. They're going to go one nil up uh, against Leeds DCL to. Get a bullet head off. Can I just clarify where's this game being played? Uh, this game uh, is at Leeds. At Leeds. Okay, I, I struggle to see um, Leeds. I'm going to say Leeds are going to win this game. I think they need to bounce back. Bielsa is very good manager, very experienced manager as well. I think he, he's going to um, he's going to bounce back, especially in front of the Leeds fans. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him. I think he's going to prevail. I think it's going to be a two nil win away from home for Leeds. Oh, no, it's not late away from home. They're at home. Do you know what it leads? Okay. Um, like I think if you kind of look back at some previous results, some of them are a bit inconsistent. Some of them are a bit... So it's hard to tell, and especially Everton came off from a, a pretty good win, I'd say, um, to Southampton, and, and Leeds just suffering a lot in that 5-1 loss. I think I would just give it to Everton. I'd say a 1-0 win for Everton. Yep. Now on to the next. Norwich set to get done again uh, by one of the top sides challenging for the, the title. Manchester City take on Norwich at Manchester uh, City's home ground at, at the Etihad. Now, I just don't see anything interesting happening here. Um, I'm going to say uh, Manchester City are going to take Norwich, and I think they're going to do a big. I think there's going to be plenty of goals. I'm going to say five one uh, to Norwich. I think Norwich could snag a goal somewhere. Pookie didn't look too bad against Liverpool. 
Yeah, I'm just going to undercut you a bit there, Paddy. I, I reckon I'll go 4 0 Man City. Grealish to get his first goal. Boys, I'm going to go bold. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, hey, wait, 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 wait. Let's look back to September 2019. What was the result? 3 2 Norwich win. Hey, two years ago, Manchester City were performing kind of bad. Oh, no, they weren't. They won. No, all right. You know what? I just want to be different in this situation and I just want to go bold. So I'm just going to go Norwich <laughs> 1 0 win. I mean, that's the man you know to buy is coming in there. <laughs> I'm spacious. Okay. Well, there's the there's the clip. You would have already heard it. Um, Ethan went bald. <laughs> All right. This one's going to be a, a close one, I think. Uh, Brighton playing Watford um, at Brighton's home at Amex. Um, and I think Watford are going to get the job done again. I can see them um, having a really good start to the season. It's going to be a matter of whether they can sort of uh, keep that consistent. Uh, as the game weeks go on, I'm going to say Watford 3, Brighton 2. I'm going to go um, Brighton to win this game and buy a reasonable... I can go 2-0 Brighton because purely because I think their performance against Burnley is heavily underestimated, like understated, I guess. That's the best way of putting it. Because, first of all, Brighton last year had a huge problem with scoring goals. They used to be the dominant team and they couldn't, they couldn't grab a lead to save their life. Um, and when they do, they, when they do grab a lead, they always throw it away. Um, so this time, they went behind against Burnley at Turf Moor, which is really difficult to do to come back at Turf Moor, especially with um, the way Sean Dyche plays, especially with Burnley back, um, Burnley fans back into the ground, and they managed to go go on and score two goals and win it. So I think. The courage, um, the courage and the the perseverance to win that game at Burnley, um, will show and will show in this game that they're actually better than many people think, and that could be a two 0 win, um, for Brighton. Yeah, look, I think Watford kind of need to realise that you know one win isn't you know crazy, so like I think they need to bring it into week two, and I think they will give Brighton a run for their money because uh, watching the game against. Uh, Burnley, those goals, I know you said last season they kind of struggled with scoring, but I'd say those goals, they weren't they weren't too good. You know, they were kind of just kind of a little whipped in and then on the ground kicked through the goals. Like, it, it was okay, and I think they did well to come back, but I don't know. I think Watford actually do have a really good chance of beating Brighton here. So I'd say um, uh, I'm inclined to go for another draw, 1-1. That is stock standard from Ethan. <laughs> Now, Southampton, Manchester United, I'm considering saying, oh, I think it's going to be 1-0, but I'm not. Uh, not stupid. I'm going to say Southampton at home um, could uh, scare Manchester United with an early goal um, like they did uh, last match week. But I think Manchester United are going to prevail. A um, few more goals to come. Hopefully Pogba can continue um, and make this good game, turn it into form. I'm going to say 3-1 Southampton, uh, 3-1 Manchester United, Southampton with an early goal. Yeah, I'm going to go very similar to you, Paddy. Um, I don't think Southampton will score. I think that, that James Ward-Prowse looks like he wants to leave. They've lost Yannick Vestergaard to um, Leicester. Um, 
and Danny Ings, their main man, has got gone as well. So the core of that team is not in it. Um, obviously, Ings and Vestergaard are literally not in it, and then James Will Prowse is mentally not in it. So um, I think I think uh, Southampton will have a really, really sluggish start to the season. And I see Man United getting a huge confidence boost from this game. 3-0. Yeah, 3-0 to the United. Yeah, look, I mean, you can't not look back at previous games and, and just see the 9-0 result. But again, that was at Old Trafford, so it is a different ground. And there is, you know, fans now, so that could make a big difference. But I think the high that Man U got from that game, I just, it won't come down yet. And I think they'll get another confident win. Will... Uh, Southampton bag one goal, debatable, but I don't think they will, and I think it will probably be a, a two or three nil win. All right, then it goes to to Wolves versus Tottenham at the Molyneux. I, I want it to happen. I really do want us um to beat Tottenham. I think after that first week, um, I've got confidence uh in in the Wolves to to play. Uh, an attacking, more attacking style of football. Um, I think the goal conceded was a bit unlucky. It was really well um, played for five, ten seconds, and then Leicester didn't really look like it uh, for a lot more of that game. Uh, but I just don't see it happening um, against the old coach who's going to know the ins and the outs of certain players. I think Tottenham are just, just going to get, uh, to get us with a 2-1, 2-1 win. Yeah, I think Spurs have got confidence. I think uh, they um the, the fans back. They seem to be ecstatic. If you watch all the interviews afterward after the games, um, they keep on getting asked about um Kane all the time, and they're like, "Oh, just give us some credit for the win we just got against the one." I think Spurs said the best team in the world, which that's probably questionable now due to PSG. But um, yeah, I think Spurs coming off with some confidence. Fans are back, despite wherever you go. Even though it's at the Molyneux, I still think Spurs will be able to get the job down. I'm going 2-0 Spurs. Yeah, it's a solid option. Um, look, I think Wolves, they did play well. And I think Adama has a great run through. But as he did last season, he just struggles to finish when one-on-one and in other situations as well. So if he can sort that out and if he can actually hit the target and get some goals, I think Wolves are very, very dangerous. But... Saying that, Liverpool, uh, sorry, not Liverpool. Tottenham have just came from a great win, and I think I think the coach will definitely be telling the players this. But like, it's uh, like I hope Tottenham kind of realizes that maybe they don't need Harry Kane. You know, like after that win, and if if they can win this week, I think it will definitely show that you know maybe Harry Kane has kind of held them down a little bit, and maybe they're actually going to fully push for maybe you know a higher position this season. Without Harry Kane, I think they'll show that in this game. I don't think Harry Kane's held them back. I think, I mean, what did he do? He scored. I mean, yeah, he's been he's been an amazing player. Like, 20, arguably 20, the best player last season. Twenty plus goals last season, and plus and also the best assist. No, he got the most assists and most goals last season. But we still finished seventh. Exactly. So I think yeah. the reason why it's so positive for Spurs is that um, the the talent of the players that that haven't been give, given much shine or given much um, light. Uh, are signed to show some, so some promising signs. Nasal Bergvin, I, I know he uh, missed that absolute sitter, but he was very lively on the ball. Lucas Moura was incredible, one of the man of matches. Tanganga coming in, incredible. 
yeah, I think um, Kane Kane not being included in that squad has um, made a lot of the players really step up. Yeah, and because of that, um, I reckon it'll probably be a 2-1 win to Tottenham. Yeah. Okay. The uh, game, I think, is just going to be the, the most interesting this week. Arsenal and Chelsea. Now, obviously, Arsenal come back off a loss um, and Chelsea come off a win. But there, there is always a bit of a rivalry uh, between these two. I'll ask you boys this, just a bit of a question out of the, out of nowhere. Who do you think has won more um, when they've played each other, Arsenal or Chelsea? Arsenal, Arsenal. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was going to be harder than it was. Arsenal are bad now. Just because yeah. Arsenal are bad now, they've been one of the best teams in England for the past... Is it like, the history of the Premier League? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not doubting, not doubting that at all. Premier League. Recently, you just you'd probably give it to Chelsea, but like if we're talking overall of all time, then yeah, Arsenal. Right. So in saying that, Chelsea, um, I think are still going to get the result, but I think Arsenal are going to show their fans a bit more of what they have uh, in this game. I'm going to say a high-scoring two-four to Chelsea. I think. I think Arsenal are in big, big trouble. Uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm a Spurs fan. I just generally think I can't see Chelsea not getting a result here. It's set up for them. Chilwell, James, uh, who else was back? Well, Lukaku's in the squad now. And I, it was Havertz. I think actually Havertz played against Crystal Palace, didn't he? I mean, no, I think Havertz four... didn't play. Didn't play? So then Havertz is back, isn't he? He, he might so, yeah. be back. I don't know. I've not... There's four people coming back, and I think it was Havertz. So four of Chelsea's, one of Chelsea's best players are all back. Reese James, Chilwell, Lukaku to make his debut and Havertz. So I think it's written the stars for Chelsea to go out and um, give, um, give Arsenal a hard time here. I'm going to go for a 2-0 um, a Chelsea win. So, so is it confirmed that Lukaku will be playing against Arsenal? Oh, he's available. Confirmed okay. he's available and he's training with the team this week. And quickly, do we know if any, like, um, any of the key players from Arsenal are coming back into the squad? Oh, I'm not sure. I think Lacazette might still be out, but I think um, I think Aubameyang might be ready. Okay, because like, it all depends on that, really. If, if Arsenal can get some key players back in, then it could shift how much they're going to lose by. But honestly, I think it's, it just is going to be a Chelsea dominant, like dominating the game. So I think it's going to be, uh, I'd say, 4-0, to be honest. 4-0? Oh, yeah. Big, big result. Jeez, that's big. And then the final one, a match that could be very close, West Ham United take on Leicester uh, at the London Stadium. So with that in mind, uh, I didn't see anything special about Leicester. And I think there's going to be, uh, I think that the West Ham are going are gonna to take, take Leicester on. I'm going to say 1-0 uh, to West Ham. Antonio, score, score a goal. I think this will be another draw. I think the lack of um the lack of draws last um last week will be made up this week. I think to score four goals, I think obviously the defense was very lackluster in the first half of um that game against Newcastle for West Ham. So I think they've they've got some firepower. So I think it'll be a high scoring game. And I actually might see with Madison out of the Madison out of Leicester, I might see um West Ham running away with this one. I think they go two one to West Ham. 
So I West Ham running away with it, first of all. Yeah, looking back at that um, Leicester game, after they scored that first goal, I mean, their defence and their defensive midfielders just turned into a brick wall. I remember watching every shot that was taken at them was just blocked, blocked, saved, blocked. It was just, it was crazy to see. And I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup with West Ham considering how like attacking West Ham can be. So if both play well on the day, I think it's going to be a very, very good matchup. And I'm I'm kind of torn on who's going to win in this one, but uh, going to limb and I'd probably say West Ham would probably win this one. Maybe like a, a one nil or a two nil, maybe. All right, going to wrap up the predictions for the week. And I think that's going to also wrap up the episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's been, it's turned out to be a, a reasonably long one, but um, obviously the start, we sort of got through it a bit quicker. I hope you, in, you enjoyed the episode. Uh, some The new segment, make sure to name it. Make sure to check out the Benz Premier League if you haven't already. And, uh, and that's going to be our sign-off. That's football. That's football.